Hey, it's the Weather Channel podcast. I'm Ari Sarsalari, a meteorologist here at the Weather Channel. And there's another meteorologist that works at the Weather Channel, John Erdman. He's with me right now. The difference is I'm in Atlanta. And let me tell you, it's cold down here in Atlanta. I had to wear a winter jacket this morning. Uh, but Erdman is up in Wisconsin where it is uh, legitimately cold, like dangerously cold. All this polar vortex stuff is going on. You're not far from Milwaukee, right, John? Ari, right, it's great to be with you. But did you just say you were cold? Did you really say you were cold? You're in Atlanta and you're telling me you're cold. I'm a little on, bit on man. the cold side. I'm looking out the window right now in the studio and there's a flag that's blowing a little bit. Like it's kind of windy and it's kind of cold. <laughs> <laughs> It's what all is the relative, temperature there it? right now? Well, we got down to about 25 below zero air temperature, and we've had wind chills anywhere between 50 and 55 below zero all morning long. Now, where I'm sitting have right you, now in my house, it's 68 degrees, so I'm good. Have you been outside yet today? I, I tried the trick of uh, throwing boiling water in the air, which I'd never tried before. Currently minus 24 Fahrenheit with a wind chill of minus 50. There you go. It usually just doesn't get cold enough here to really do that. Uh, so I was outside for all about 30 seconds, and my wife, my intrepid wife, was kind enough to film me, although she was, you could tell she was starting to get a little bit irritated. So I've been outside for about 25 seconds this morning, and that was enough. At some point, I got to get the trash back in from the curb. That's going to be fun, but the, the thing you got to remember with the boiling water challenge, I used to do this one once in a while, is you throw it up, and you can actually, people like injure themselves doing it because they'll throw boiling water in their face by accident. How did that go? Well, that was pretty close actually you know i didn't throw it out far enough i didn't like toss it out i, I kind of made an arc and yeah Smart. if you if try and make an arc uh, flirting with danger there's i, I <laughs> clearly i need to learn about this a little more okay i want you to just explain to people what that feels like the wind chills you know down in the 40 to 50 below range there's some spots where the wind chills are like lower than 60 below zero in parts of minnesota you know i feel like i've been in you know like 30 to 40 below wind chill before the way i remember it was that I just remember thinking like, okay, 10 below wind chill and 40 below wind chill felt kind of similar to me. It's like you get to a certain threshold and it's just so biting cold, you know, as soon as you go outside. How would you describe it? The 25 seconds I was outside this morning, I can tell you right away my, you know, and I was, again, I was just out for a very brief time, say a minute or so outside, but I had a phone in my hand. I had that, you know, the, uh, the pot of water in my hand and almost immediately within seconds, my hand started to sting. So I felt it. Now, granted, I was on a sheltered patio, but you know, you know, immediately your your skin starts to hurt uh, within you know thirty seconds or so, and that's at least what I felt when I when I walked outside. And uh, we have a lot of neighbors in the neighborhood that are retired that that'll go on walks and everything like that. Uh, obviously, I haven't seen a single person walk past the house this morning on my street. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> so let's let's explain to people what's actually going on here. Um, I want to specifically talk about this whole polar vortex thing. Okay, so when did when did this term start being used? I mean, the polar vortex it's obviously been around for a while. But I'm trying to think of the origin of how this became part of pop culture and just regular everyday talk where every single news agency and every single human being that is being affected by this is just saying, oh, yeah, the polar vortex is here. Like, when did that become a thing? Well, it was about five years ago. Uh, it was during the uh, January of 2014 when we had a, a really impressive cold snap coming through many of the same areas in the Great Lakes and then it plunged into the south. Uh, that's when it really took off in pop culture. But you're right. I mean, there's been citations of the polar vortex going back to before the Civil War. And of course, the polar vortex in the stratosphere in the way in the upper levels of the atmosphere, well above where most of our weather happens, 
you know, that's been there as long as there's been weather. So it just, it's just something that took on a life its own five years ago. You put the term vortex in there and then you, you, you couple it with a winter term and, you know, it's understandable why it took off. That and, sounds uh, cool. It certainly played a role. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yes. I remember there was a billboard in Atlanta. And it was Georgia, maybe it was Georgia Power or one of the utilities actually put up a billboard that said, the polar vortex is here. I'll never forget it. Driving, you know, the connector downtown in Atlanta and seeing this billboard, I said, wow, it's really taken off. It, it has to be a marketer's dream for anybody that does any business relating to cold weather and winter weather. It had to have been a marketer's dream. And yeah, it was five years ago that really hit pop culture. In general, when we get these little cold snaps or even when we get a pretty bad cold snap, It'll be like a little leg of the polar vortex kind of breaks off and it ends up uh, somewhat over the northern part of the United States or Canada or something like that. And you can kind of link some of the cold, at least in part, to the polar vortex mixed with some other factors as well. And correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, you pretty much have the polar vortex that itself that has moved down from where it usually sits over the North Pole and it's kind of like sitting almost, you know, right over here, right? It's been a fascinating evolution, Ari. And the neat thing about the polar vortex is that we've been able to, in science, we've been able to figure out that we can predict uh, patterns turning colder, uh, say, two to three weeks or more ahead of time because of the behavior of the polar vortex. So what happens is this vortex that uh, basically sits over the poles in the winter, uh, when it's strong, it kind of keeps the cold air in place near the Arctic. But when it weakens or even when it splits up and there's a couple smaller lobes of the polar vortex, what happens is in a couple of weeks, the atmospheric pattern set up to bring cold air into parts of Europe and also in parts of the central and eastern U.S. And so I think it's fascinating that we've seen this behavior of the polar vortex basically give us an early heads up that the pattern would turn much colder. And in fact, we get this incredible cold outbreak like we have right now. So is this just a little piece of the polar vortex that is broken off or is the actual whole counterclockwise spinning polar vortex thing that usually sits over the North Pole? Has that whole thing just migrated down toward the south so it's sitting over the U.S.? Yeah, there's a bit of debate about that meteorological community. Um, basically, the, the polar vortex that occurs in the stratosphere, you know, doesn't doesn't bodily come down into the U.S. It stays near the poles, but there could be a little like a southward bend or lobe of it that nudges its way into eastern Canada and maybe tickles the northern Great Lakes. And when you see that, it's a weakened vo polar vortex. It's not in its usual spot. And therefore, we usually have a pretty cold outbreak uh, when that happens. Frankly, this is the coldest weather that I've experienced in 25 years since I was a senior at the University of Wisconsin-Madison and had to schlep around campus in several days when Madison dropped to 27 below zero and uh, had trouble starting my pickup truck in the driveway of my campus house. I'll never forget it because at that time I was applying for grad school. I remember muttering to myself the entire way to class, the entire way back, I got to get the heck out of here. I've got to go south. I've got to go warmer. Of course, I went to Colorado, which really didn't help. But that's the coldest I felt was really that uh, 1994 outbreak. Yeah, I remember a couple of very cold times when I was at uh, Wisconsin-Madison as well, which, by the way, they shut down classes this time around. You know, you, the cold outbreak you were talking about back in the day, that was back in the day when they didn't cancel classes for, you know, that kind of wind chill. You know, I, who knows if it was windy or not, but the temperature was what, 20, you said 27 below back then? Yeah, it was three straight days in January of 94 where Madison hit 27 below zero. And I think they had a week straight where they had lows of at least 17 below zero. And I, I don't immediately recall that they were in session from winter break during that whole period. But I do remember walking to class a few of those days. And, you know, there's a, uh, you know, a lot of students obviously walk around campus. It's a big campus. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lakeshore path right along Lake Mendota that, you know, if you're, 
you're walking next to that lake shore plaza, you're, you're just blasted by cold air off the lake. And uh, that, that made an impression. I, I, I've never felt anything quite like that. That's rough. I'm lucky I didn't have too many classes up that way. I was on the other side of campus for most of my stuff. But man, it gets cold up there. I saw they had all that snow recently. Everybody was, you know, riding the uh, the cafeteria trays down Bascom Hill. That was good fun. Was that still a was that still a thing back when you went to? Oh Lord, yes. I mean, it, Ari, that's my favorite memory of college of all time. Uh, <laughs> Madison's all time record snowstorm was in December of 1990, and uh, I had two classes in the morning. And all I remember was running up. There's a there's a large hill on campus called Bascom Hill. It's the signature hill on campus. And I remember walking up class and seeing Donna Shalala, the chancellor at the time, who, of course, you remember Donna Shalala. She, I think she served in Clinton's cabinet, I believe. Uh, I don't remember. But at any rate, she was the uh, chancellor at the time, and she was kind of half running down the hill in her high heels saying, class is canceled, class is canceled. And I remember <laughs> saying, well, thanks a lot. I had my two toughest classes of the morning. And after that, everybody took their lunch trays and went down Liz Waters Hill. And there were, I mean, it was just awesome. It was oh, my, my favorite amazing. experience in college. What a great longstanding tradition that is. Okay, so this cold, right? Uh, what is the spot in the United States where it is like the most dangerously cold? I, I've been looking, you know, at a lot of temperatures and wind chills, and it seems to be kind of this area in like Minnesota is where it's the worst. Yeah, we've seen some uh, 60 below wind chills in parts of Minnesota, even northern Iowa. Uh, there are even some parts of western Wisconsin that have flirted with 60 below wind chills, eastern North Dakota. Um, you know, that's what's so, so, so exceptional about this. You know, they they get 40 below cold pretty much every winter in parts of northern Minnesota, like International Falls and those areas. But the problem is you have this big gyre of low pressure in eastern Canada, and then you have high pressure somewhere over the Dakotas in the central plains. So you have this pressure gradient. And so, you know, most of the time when you get these incredible cold events, you have clear skies and light winds. And so all this heat just, you know, it just radiates out from the snowpack and you get these lows. But the problem is we're getting this incredible cold at the same time you're getting these winds. So yeah, we're getting, we're seeing wind chills. I, I think the most I, I saw as of this podcast was the lowest I saw was about 66 below in Minnesota. And if you're old, if you're old enough like me, you remember the old wind chill index. I can imagine what the old wind chill index would have been pre-2001. Geez, we might have had 80s, maybe 90s below in that case. You know, it's a bit surreal. Uh, here in Southeast Wisconsin, every every school district that I've seen is is closed. Uh, they'll probably be closed for at least a couple of days. You know, the shopping malls are closed. Um, you know, city, city offices are closed. Uh, there's no, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's grocery stores that are open, but they're, some of them are having reduced hours just to, you know, to keep out of the coldest of the air. So it, I mean, it almost feels like a holiday here because everything is pretty much shut down except a few, few grocery stores here and there. What, what are some of the most interesting things that you've seen either floating around on social media or maybe with your own eyes? I saw something earlier of a guy that uh, took a shower in Chicago and all of a sudden there was a bunch of ice on the inside of his front door or something like that. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, you know, between all the boiling water tricks, uh, yeah, it, it's pretty impressive. I, I have I have water dripping out of every faucet just to be sure about, you know, no frozen pipes or anything like Smart. that. You know, open the cabinets under the faucet. I personally had a garage door malfunction. Uh, I've had a flat tire already that's gone flat that I've had to have repaired. Uh, so I'm hoping to get out a, bit, a little bit later and, uh, you know, just take a look around and, and see things. You know, I've, I've seen stuff here in Wisconsin that's you'll typically see in the Dakotas and Minnesota in Blizzard Alley where you just see blowing snow 
you know, over the prairie and everything. You don't usually see a whole heck of a lot of that here because there's a lot of there's a lot more trees. But if you get out in the you know the um, the outer rural areas into the open farmland, you know, pretty much you're seeing blowing snow in a lot of places. So that's that's not something you typically see a lot here in southeast Wisconsin. So well, some of the interesting stuff I've seen. Uh, one there was one thing where you know how people a lot of the time will take like their liquor and put it in the freezer. And it doesn't freeze, right? Because the alcohol in there makes the freezing point a lot lower for those things. Well, I saw one uh, video of a guy who took some, actually, it was a buddy of mine, Tom Coombs. I hope he's not actually drinking this for breakfast, but it was Jack Daniels. He put it in a, <laughs> in a shot glass and put it outside. And I can't remember where he lives. I think Indiana. And he said, 80 proof alcohol will freeze at 17 below zero. And it was getting all slushy there, you know, so that was, I thought, pretty interesting. The other thing that I've noticed a lot is uh, just with it being so cold, there being more ice crystals up in the atmosphere, there's been a lot of uh, sun dogs and sun halo pictures uh, from all around the Midwest. Have you noticed that too? Yeah, those are just classic, aren't they? You know, the pictures of blowing snow over a rural road in North Dakota or Minnesota with uh, this, what appears to be multiple suns, you know, on either side. Some with some with a rainbow appearance on either side of the sun. I agree. And I, I even saw one of those where there was a circumzenithal arc, you know, the little upside down one that's uh, above the actual circle of the halo. I thought that was really cool. I hadn't seen one of those in a while, but there's going to be a lot of that stuff over the next day or two, because even though on the infrared satellite, it looks like there's a lot of clouds around, there really aren't any clouds around. And uh, what's the snow situation up there? You guys have a lot of snow on the ground. I'm trying to think about all the things that are contributing to the cold. Obviously, the fact that just the atmosphere in general, the setup, you know, it's very cold, but then you've also got, I, I would imagine, a lot of areas where there's snow on the ground, where the sunlight is just kind of reflecting off of that. So you're not really getting the warming effects of that, you know, maybe talk about that a little bit. Well, absolutely. I mean, you know, a fresh snow cover will certainly keep the air refrigerated. And Milwaukee has gone, you know, I think a month or so without even an inch of snow on the ground. And, you know, the ground was bare. And I'd much rather had it. If it's going to be cold this time of year, I'd much rather have snow on the ground. Um, It just seems to make sense as opposed to uh, snowless ground. We had been pretty fortunate here in uh, southern Wisconsin and from about, say, mid-December through about mid-January. It had been a pretty docile winter so far. And then all of a sudden we've had, we've now had two pretty significant snowstorms back to back, Indra and then Jaden, uh, which each dumped about, oh, you know, six, seven inches or more and you know, more in uh, other areas. I would say outside my house now, I'd, I'd probably have a good 10 or 11 inch snow cover with, with cold air that's locked in for a few days. It's not going anywhere immediately. So uh, it's pretty incredible that uh, upcoming uh, this weekend, of course, we're recording this podcast on uh, January 30th, but in the weekend, we're forecasting temperatures in the 30s and 40s for a few days. So uh, it's pretty surreal. We could have some melting going on after being in the 20s below zero. That's the crazy thing is how fast it's going to warm up after this uh, cold snap, you know, and then, you know, on top of that, you're going to have another storm system that might be rolling across the upper Midwest by uh, early to midweek next week. So you might add on to some of those snow totals. It's 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 pretty amazing. I like to I like to see these events. You know, when you see an event that doesn't happen, you know, for 25 years, it's it's just kind of surreal to drive around your town, around your city. You know, obviously have a survival kit with you. I, I'm having blankets in the car, and you know, in case you, you break down and stuff like that. It's it's obviously a serious thing. But I always like to take a look around town and just see how things look. You know, you were asking about some some weird things, and you probably saw this in our our Slack this morning. You know, kind of a serious issue too. Uh, there's there's apparently been some some tractor trailers that have started to broken break down in on I-65 in Indiana, and they're talking about issues with fuel filters freezing and fuel that is gelling uh, in those in those oh, wow. semis. And you know, this is a type of thing that remember reading that w- with engines there are some they frequently have issues where 
you have to keep engines running just to keep it warm enough to avoid fuel kind of gelling up and that they actually in some cases have to start kind of small fire under the car you know that sounds that sound very smart but right. there has to be some mechanism to warm the car so they actually have to keep engines running uh when it when it's that cold in in Siberia so uh fortunately nothing like that here but uh pretty you know, pretty surreal Speaking of fire, I think in Chicago, they were lighting the railroad tracks on fire. I had never seen that before. I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, I learned something new and uh, kind of a shout out to uh, my, my first, uh, you know, the guy that first hired me out of college was uh, Mike Smith with, uh, uh, with Weather Data Incorporated at the time. And I worked for, I provided warnings for railroad networks. Mike kind of chimed in on that this morning on one of the tweets and basically said that, well, there's, there's warmers installed on the switches to railroad tracks to keep them warm. So it kind of looks like it's a fire, but it's actually, it's like gas. I think there's natural gas ignited. It's like um, a pilot or something down them. there that they can yeah, just yeah. light it, right? So I had never heard of that before. And, uh, you know, it, it makes total sense. You know, they, you don't want, you don't want switches freezing over and then you can't, <laughs> you can imagine the uh, chaos that would ensue there. So <laughs> I thought they were, I thought they were just like pouring gas on it and just lighting it on fire. Cause that's what it totally looked like. Uh, the other thing that I'd seen was, um, I think this was in Chicago, you know, firefighters were having issues. I think they were fighting a fire and it was really cold and water's coming out of the, the fire hydrant through the hose, but then it was kind of freezing onto the hose and it was making such that the hose was just like, you know, really hard and it, you know, they couldn't, it was not malleable anymore. They couldn't bend it. So there's just so many different things that you don't think of when it gets this cold, you know? Yeah, obviously, uh, you know, a big shout out to uh, police and fire and uh, those who plow our roads, all the folks that have to go out in the cold, uh, even when uh, most of the rest of the world is shut down because of it. Uh, you know, it's a it's a truly amazing job that they do. And uh, I, I yeah, I can't imagine having to fight a fire in, in 20 and 30 below air temperatures like this. It just it just boggles my mind. <laughs> it's got to be it's got to be hor horrible. But uh, John, I know that you got a busy day going on. So um, I really appreciate you taking a couple minutes to talk to me about this. We should do this again soon, huh? Anytime, Ari. Take care. Oh, 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 oh.